What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And if you didn't hear, we're moving to North Dakota. We're episode 134, where we're going to be talking about uh, was Cyberpunk 2077 the worst release ever in existence? But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. All right, we're here. Right. Yeah. So, Liz, uh, if you, if if you didn't know, we're moving to North Dakota. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you didn't know that, you, come on, listen to our other podcast. Mm-hmm. What's the biz? Uh, it's our other podcast where we just talk about anything. It's just me and Liz, uh, audio only, mm-hmm. and we just talk really about anything. So, yep. Last one we talked about why we're so excited to move cross country. So, well, it's not across the country; it's to the middle of the country. Well, wouldn't that be cross country? Like we're going across the country. But I, when I think of across country, I mean like like from one end to the other. We live on one end. Yeah, and we're moving to the other end. Everybody comes up alone. Cross country. Anyways, but. It's time. It's time for a games and groceries episode. Uh, but yeah, like I said, you know, check out our What's the Biz episode. Uh, it's really fun. Just super chill. So uh, check it out for yourself. Uh, but yeah, Liz, you doing good? I'm good. I got a haircut today. Nice. And we're getting Chinese food after this. Yeah. So, like, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. Today's a great day. Other T- than my nose is running. Oh, and also I work today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I skateboarded today, so. You did. And you love skateboarding. I do love skateboarding. So. Let's just get into the show already. Why don't we do that? Okay. So just a reminder, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on, on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. Uh, you can also be friends with us there. Oh, but you also be friends with us on uh, Instagram. So yeah. Games and Groceries, all one word on Instagram. You can check out behind the scenes photos, some memes here and there, as well as some questions I will ask you about the show. Mm-hmm. Wow. So on social media answers, when we get to the discussion point, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and we will post the social media uh, questions for you, and you can answer and be part of the discussion here mm-hmm. on the Games Groceries podcast. Uh, other than that, you can join us on the Discord. I will also post the social media answers on there. Discord, it's super fun. Uh, go check it out. Links are in the description down below. Uh, join our Discord. It's fun. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. We talk about random things. things so just Yeah. Things. It's great. It's, I have a lot of fun over there. Yeah. So, and you can also check out our website, gamesgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website, as well as you can find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the podcast, as well as some articles I've written in the past. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you're a fan of gaming podcasts, if you like our gaming podcast, it's a super fun energy, fantastic. You should be subscribing to the channel and hit that notification bell. So you mm-hmm. know when all these episodes come out, because this is a podcast channel, we do have a second channel called Evolt, where we be uh, posting discussion videos there. So... Uh, check out that video, uh, but subscribe to the channel if you like gaming podcasts. Okay, enough of that. Stop it. We need to get on with the show. What do yeah, you think? I agree. All right, so let's go on with it with our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max, and we like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Uh, here on the Games Groceries podcast, we have a five-point scale of recommending movies. Uh, it goes from avoid at all costs, eh, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. So, this week's movie is actually coming from HBO Max. It can be found over there, just recently added. It's a movie that we wanted to see for uh, quite some time. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2020. Stars Pete Sa- Pete Pete Davidson. It's, uh, it's the King of Staten Island. Woo-hoo! Uh, so yeah, 
Uh, we went into, you know, what our, you know, five point scale is. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed upon this movie. Yeah. That it is perfect. I told you I'm never going to do that. <laughs> uh, three, two, one. <laughs> what did we you give it, Liz? Perfect. Yeah, we made it perfect for yes. us. Yes. And the reason why we always say for us, one, because it, it's funnier, uh, <laughs> and two, it's to really put out there that it's perfect mm-hmm. for me and Liz. Yeah, it's, like it's, in our opinion, it's perfect. It's yeah. A perfect movie. The way we watch movies, this movie was perfect mm-hmm. in that regard. So let's get into the notes here. Uh, the King of Staten Island is a film that actually depicts the hopelessness and the loop life of living within Staten Island. That yeah. uh, It's a kind of always have, always will be kind of mentality that mm-hmm. kind of damages mindsets and, uh, you know, breaks apart families, breaks apart connections. Uh, and, and it's a terrible life, but it really depicts in, in a very accurate way of how mm-hmm. life works in Staten Island. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about that? Like the whole setup of the movie? I think it was good. It told you, you know, the relations between everyone, mm-hmm. why, like what's going on. It just kind of gave like a good overview. Yeah. And everything. So I liked it. Yeah, no, it was, um, like I said, it really set itself up very well. Mm-hmm. You you got to know each character motivation. You got to know mm-hmm. each uh, character's uh, lifestyle and what they what they try to do, mm-hmm. what kind of person they were trying to be, or or even like um, certain characters like Pete Davidson's character. Mm-hmm. You really got to see what was wrong with him, yeah, mentally, physically. Uh, <laughs> uh, the baseball scene, physically. Um, he goes into uh, what Crohn's is at the oh, baseball yeah. game. <laughs> um, it's it's absolutely hilarious. That but, is funny, and that goes actually into my second note yeah. is that. This movie is a fantastic example of how tragedy can be used for comedic standards. Yeah. Where a lot of movies will actually try to avoid tragedy or mm-hmm. try to break the ice. There's too much tragic moments, so let's put in a joke here. Yeah. It uses tragedy as a comic effect in a way I haven't seen in a lot of movies. Where yeah. it doesn't try to make the scene funny. You're just laughing because it's, it's just so tragic. Yeah. You're you know laughing because I mean? it's so tragic. It, they kind of use it like it's like dark humor. It's Yeah. Like they, they're making just a bad thing sound funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like and even even just talking about the um, the what was it? Crohn's. Yeah, Crohn's. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about just talking about Crohn's. Like he just said what it is and it was yeah. funny. Not great news, but then they just added a little bit of like the one mm-hmm. guy saying like next time just say no. Yeah, just say no. And and um and it and it was funny and they didn't go over it like they didn't try and do like oh we need a comic relief. Mm-hmm. It was like no, this is a funny. We can make this sad thing funny. Yeah, and it did that all throughout the movie and mm-hmm. it, it worked. Uh, by the way, this is also directed and written. Uh, well, it was written also by Pete Davidson, but it was also directed, written, and I believe produced by Judd Apatow, which if you've seen his movies, uh, you know, for, for me personally, they kind of, you know, hit or miss. Mm-hmm. This one, for sure, a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you like Judd Apatow, this is your type of movie. This yeah. this definitely screams his kind of movie. Um, but yeah, so I think it used uh, tragedy in the best way it possibly yeah. could. And, and it worked. I mm-hmm. loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved the way it did. 
Now, my last note here is that this movie is two hours and 18 minutes. Yeah. And I thought it might be shorter. And that's why you're like, I saw it on HBO Max. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it sometime. Yeah. Not that it's a long time, but, you know, two yeah. hours and 18 minutes. Like when you get over the two hour mark, you're just saying anything. It becomes like, a commitment. I will say that it's worth the runtime. Yeah, a lot of the time when we watch movies that are two hours or over, we're usually like, it didn't need to be that long. But this, it's not even that it needed to be this long. It's just they used it. They used that time well. Yeah. And like not once did I think like, well, is it almost over? Mm-hmm. Like there were times I'm like, oh, yeah, we've been watching this a while. Like, yeah. And and yeah, I didn't even notice it was two hours. I, I was going to say that if felt like it was five hours and not in a bad way where it dragged but it felt like the story that you it were told just into it yeah yeah the story you told it felt like you were being told it for a five hour five hour film mm-hmm. uh and it actually depicted uh family connections well mm-hmm. to the end th- there's two scenes where it tries to make you cry and yeah. that tries to because it does succeed and it doesn't it doesn't do it in a way where it has sad music in like mm-hmm. a really empathetic way. There's no music involved. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you about it because it is spoiler. But um, there's two scenes where, you know, it gets emotional and they don't use tragic music. They don't mm-hmm. use uh, dramatic lines. They don't use anything. They just use setup from yeah. the previous two hours. Mm-hmm. And you just feel that sort of emotion. Yeah. There's three actually I can think of now. There's three that is just super emotional. When you get to the end of it, it means so much mm-hmm. that you you start to get emotional just thinking about the journey that this these people have gone on. Yeah. Uh so that's why I think we gave it a perfect. We yeah. were we were giving solid at first. Yeah, but we're like, but we can't find anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect. <laughs> I, I would I would own this film. Oh yeah. I would rewatch it. I would definitely it. rewatch it. Yeah. Um not safe for kids, by the way. Uh, yeah. It's definitely a rated R film. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Remember, we watch it on HBO Max. <laughs> it's on HBO they Max. They use that title, you know. Yeah. So just letting you know if, you, uh, if you're like, oh, come on, kids. Let's watch King of Staten <laughs> Island. Uh, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think we, we are going to give this a perfect for us. Yes. And again, just want to say that out loud. It's perfect. For me and Liz's tastes mm-hmm. might not be for you. You might give it, you know, just enjoyable. But uh, for us, it's perfect. Yep. So that is The King of Staten Island. You can find it on HBO Max. Uh, we definitely, definitely recommend this movie. So uh, go check it out for yourself, especially if you like Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson. And if you live in Staten Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Let's just jump into it. Let's just jump into you know the the, the 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 gaming news. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go into it with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news this is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. You're like we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of hey, what's going on in the gaming industry? What's going on here? Things. Hey, business twins. No. Hey. Mm-mm. What's going on? No. Hey. Bad Adam. Hey. Hey. Oh, okay. Ooh, scary. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, the top three gaming news. We uh, go over the top three gaming news that we saw in the past week, and uh, let's start with our good buddy Gabe Newell. Wow, cool. look how handsome! Wow. So handsome. Isn't he handsome? Tell him he's handsome. Looks like he could have been handsome in his younger years. Hey, hey, he's handsome now. So Gabe Newell, who is uh, you know, of course, the founder of 
uh, Valve. Uh, he was an ex-Microsoft uh, employee, of course, and now he's gone on to create Steam. Uh, we haven't heard from him in a, in a good while about game releases. It, you know, we, we've been waiting for Half-Life 3 for about 13 years now. Portal 2, uh, I believe Portal 2 came out in 2011. Am I right? 2012? It was something like that. Uh, but we've been waiting constantly for another release from Valve. And it's just so frustrating at this point. Uh, it's so frustrating that we're getting a um, a kind of a Left 4 Dead sequel. But it's not really from Valve. It's from Turtleback Studios. So that's great. Turtleback? That doesn't sound right. Anyways. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Turtleback? I, I, I can't remember now. Yes, we'll Turtle find Rock. Out. I think it's Turtle Rock Studios. Maybe. Anyways, not the point. But uh, since then, you know, uh, Gabe Newell has released Half-Life Alex, which was on top of Jake Baldino's top game of 2020. So mm -hmm. Jake Baldino recommends it. Uh, I don't have a VR system because I suffer from epilepsy. So uh, after that, Gabe Newell actually said, hey, wow, uh, maybe we should be releasing more games. And every PC person said, yes, please. So I'm going to read this uh, quote from the article, which is all linked down below. All the articles we, we refer to are linked down below. Uh, b -b 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 there we go. So this is from Game Newell. So in an interview with One News, Newell talked about how Alex's release brought new energy to the studio, the studio being Valve. Alex was great. To be back doing single-player games, that created a lot of... Oh, my goodness. Uh, created a lot of momentum inside the company to do more of that, Newell said. We definitely have games in development, and we're going to be announcing it's uh, it's fun to ship games. Let me put your phone on silent. Okay. So. Just laughed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Gabe Newell is saying that, you know, because of Half-Life Alex, there's new energy. Uh, and that's a great thing because, you know, now they are, they're getting the... I don't want to say the courage back, but they're getting their vibes back. Yes. You know, to make yeah. these single player games. Yeah. And he was even stated that they have multiple single player games mm -hmm. in the in the woodwork. Yeah. And the reporter actually went to him and said, hey, what's with uh, Codename Citadel? And he just uh, with a, with a stone cold face, poker face, he just said, we have a lot of code names. Which one is that again? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, oh, OK. <laughs> So that can be good and bad, though, that they have so many. He can't remember, like, mm -hmm. what's going to be the quality they come out if they're working on that many all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But here's the thing. Gabe Newell, he's a genius. Mm -hmm. Always a genius. Always will be. Always. Will. You know why he's a genius? Because he says that he prefers the Xbox Series X over PlayStation 5. Oh, goodness gracious. Genius. All the way. You wouldn't know the difference as of right now, would you? Oh, you know what? <laughs> Anyways, but... Uh, but yeah, so Gabe Newell and Valve have plenty of games in the woodworks. Uh, there's plenty of different code names, so uh, we have something to look forward to. Great, cool. On to the next gaming news, which is actually about Steam. Uh, mm. Not in the best light, but mm. uh, Steam uh, is actually being um, uh, um, um, sued. Oh no. Uh, so there's definitely uh, a lot of different platforms being sued. By mm -hmm. the EU right now. Yeah. Uh, Steam is actually being sued by uh, for $9.5 million uh, US, by the way. Wow. $9.5 million US dollars. And it doesn't just affect Valve, but it affects uh, Bethesda, 
uh, well, Bethesda being Zenimax. Zenimax is being sued, which is owner of Bethesda. But Zenimax, Bandai Namco, uh, Capcom, uh, Focus Home, I believe those mm. are the only five here. And they're being sued over what's called geolocking or geoblocking, mm. I should say, geoblocking. And what geoblocking actually is, is saying that if you live in a certain country, let's say you live in Germany in the EU, right? So you live in Germany and you're trying to buy PC games. Well, let's say Hungary has a better deal for you're looking up how much it is in the EU, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's the thing is that you have a better deal for a PC game in Hungary. So you log on and try to find the game in, uh, in Hungary servers. And it's like, no, 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 no. You have to buy it in Germany. And that's geolocking or geoblocking. Yeah. Uh, so they're being sued by that uh, by the EU uh, by an antitrust uh, company in the EU and saying like, uh, yeah, no, that goes against our wishes. That's illegal. And you're not allowed to do that. So this is actually coming from the EU right here. This is a statement given by them about the situation. So I will say this <laughs> as a quote, uh, quote, today's sanctions uh, against geoblocking practices of Valve and five PC video game publishers serve as a reminder that the EU competition law Companies are prohibited from contractually restricting cross-border sales. EU Competitive Commissioner Margrethe Vestager, I guess, said in a statement. I have a feeling that's wrong. Probably is. <laughs> Such practices deprive European consumers of the benefits of the EU digital single market and of the opportunity to shop around for the most suitable offer in the EU. So, part of my notes here. I just want to say this. Uh, the EU uh, uh, does not mess around with no. screwing around with consume consumers. Uh, we have this case right here. We have this case saying that geoblocking is illegal. Stop doing that to customers. They can shop wherever they want. Stop it. You know what mm. else they did? Uh, the Parliament. Mm -hmm. Parliament brought together EA and Epic. And that's where we got the granddaddy of all memes. Surprise mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> That was that case, and that was brought to by the EU. You know yeah. what else the EU did? They actually made a law against scalpers from selling PS5s and Xbox Series Xs uh, more than market high shares. The EU did that. So that's three examples, major examples, of why the EU does not mess around when you're trying to mess with consumers. Mm -hmm. And Steam was saying, like, oh, no, if you live in Germany, you have to buy the German price. Yeah. Just what's going to happen. And the EU said, no, 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 no. Stop that. And they mm -hmm. slapped them so hard that their hands fell off. I don't think that's what happened. Pretty sure that's what happened. I don't think so. I was there. No, you weren't. I am in the EU. No, you're not. You're geo-blocking me right now. No, no, I'm not. What do you think of this? I mean, it's I like that the EU is like doing this because it's like that's good for their people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I agree. I mean, if they all belong under the same mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like uh, like they all belong under the same tent, then they should be able to shop. That's like saying we have to buy things just with Pennsylvania prices. Yeah. We can't buy things in, in New Jersey prices. Exactly. That's exactly it. And so it's, that's stupid. It is stupid. And so the EU is just cracking down. And I love how you brought up America because I, I would love to say that America's, you know, government will be like, Oh, well, you know, it's a capitalist society, so... Yeah, America would just you. be like, that really sucks. That really sucks, guys. 
good luck with that one. Well, <laughs> like they wouldn't, they probably don't even pay attention to really video game stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they probably would have no idea. Yeah. But uh, so good on you, EU, for mm-hmm. uh, protecting the consumer. So let's go on to the final piece of gaming news. Uh, I will admit <laughs> this actually came to number one for me because I, okay, it's a bias. Okay. Sue me. The, it, it, it originally was going to go to Xbox, you know, honorary mention here. Xbox uh, came out and they raised the price of gold. Yes. Uh, double the price. Yeah. Which actually affects anybody that wants to play free-to-play games. Mm-hmm. So even Warzone or even mm. Fortnite, you have to have Xbox Live Gold. Yeah. I did they, see they made a tweet saying that they'll rethink it. No, no. They already rethought it. Oh, nice. <laughs> they said like, oh, you don't you don't like us doubling the price? Oh, sorry. They're the stage says, geez, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they reversed that and unlocked free-to-play games. So you can play Fortnite now without Xbox Live Gold. You placed the open in the right place that time. Oh, sorry. Jeez. No, none of you. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, that's the honorary mention. Xbox did an oopsie, and then they said an oopsie again, and they reversed it. Yeah. And unlocked free-to-play. But the number one gaming news, uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm biased here. Vicarious Visions was, um, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it was absorbed into Blizzard. No. Why? Why? Why would they do that? Why would you put white in the background? What? What, what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> Vicarious Visions, if you don't know, uh, is, you know, they made a great game called Crash Bandicoot and Insane Children. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, they also made another great game called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Eclipsed. Remaster, which was my game of the year in 2020. I was so hopeful. So hopeful they will make an underground remaster, but this is just no. I love you. Adam can't have anything nice ever. So what does this mean? There, there. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> well, let's read from the article here. So again, just uh, recapping here that Vicarious Visions, uh, which was originally a subsidiary of Activision, uh, and Activision, you know, owns Blizzard. Yeah, I, th- I think Activision absorbed Blizzard, so now they're Activision Blizzard, not the other way around. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so now Vicarious Visions, uh, Blizzard saw them, and uh, uh, Blizzard saw them, and they just said, oh, oh uh, you seem like cool people. We'll just absorb you into Blizzard. You, you won't be Vicarious Visions anymore. All 200 of you are just going to be Blizzard employees. So let me read this quote right here. From GameIndustry.biz. After after collaborating with Vicarious Visions for some time and developing a great relationship, Blizzard realized that there was an opportunity for Vicarious Visions to provide long-term support, a representative explained to us. They declined to specify what the team has been working on with Blizzard or for how long. Why? Um, is it darker in this room? No, it's not darker in here. Oh, okay. It's because of the white background. Oh. You threw off the white balance. I'm sorry, everybody watching us on video. That's okay. I can fix it. Cool. Uh, so is that why you said white? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't think about that. That's okay. Uh, it's happened. So. Before. So, yeah. Uh, super bummer. 
But yeah, what that means is that all 200 employees are actually absorbed into Blizzard. They will be working on uh, current Blizzard projects. Uh, we don't know what other projects that they have, but they said like, oh, Vicarious Visions, you're pretty good. And that means that they will no longer be lead developers on any projects anymore. But will they continue the projects? Uh, That's my question. Continue projects they were already working on? Yeah. Doesn't sound or like Or is it. like Blizzard just like, nope, you're part of us now. Nothing you did matters anymore. It sounds like like what that is. That's hard. <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah. So they'll be, they won't be doing any of their stuff anymore. They'll only be doing Blizzard stuff now. Yeah. That's it's horrible. ridiculous. It is. It absolutely like, is. That's unfortunate because these people like put so much work and time into like those projects. Mm -hmm. And I know like this is just business. You do what you do. Yeah. But at the same time, like, people like have made these projects and fans have been waiting for new, these other projects they've been starting to work on. Yeah. Which means not only have they wasted their time working on these other projects for, mm -hmm. for a while, but it, it's, it's just insane. It's so dumb. Vicarious Visions was such a great studio. And again, I, I will say this to, for the top of my lungs here. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered was my game of the year in 2020. Probably my game of the year in a decade. Get off I'm my back. Jump the gun, babe. Fine, my game of the year in 2020. There you go. Uh, and it was a beautiful game. It was a great remaster. The Insane Trilogy. Mm, perfect. Mm, uh, but yeah, so now they're absorbed into Blizzard. Uh, we can lose all hope for an underground remaster, a thug remaster, if you will. And uh, yeah, it just sucks for, like you said, it just sucks that all these employees have all this creative vision, vicarious vision, and now they're they're just going to be cogs in the machine of Blizzard. Yeah, they're no longer going to be lead developers anymore. Yeah, which sucks. Like they even like they basically got demoted at the same time. Well, like, yeah, there's some studios where like there's some heads. Um, oh no, I can't remember her name, but the, like they're they're moving up in the company. Like she's moving yeah. up to vice president of of Blizzard's yeah. operations and the guy below her moved up to hers. Yeah. There's some. But there's some, but there's also some that probably got demoted. Yeah. Straight up. And again, like I said, they've been working on these projects and now they just get scrapped and thrown in the trash because they're not Blizzard. Yeah. Sucks. I hate it. it. Suck. I hate everything. I'm sorry, babe. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. Let's. Uh, why don't we go into our final segment? Okay. Before I uh, talk any more about this. So, we don't have a guest this week. Nope. <laughs> uh, that's only because, you know, we were launching a new channel, eVaults. Um, I will leave a link below to the channel. Uh, but we launched our new channel. We filmed the second video mm -hmm. for the channel. So, we're very excited about that. There was some other, like, personal stuff that we had to, like, go... Like, nothing bad. It's just busy week personally yeah. not just with the channel or anything like yeah. that what i am saying is that there's no guest <laughs> <laughs> in the end there's no guest so it's just gonna be me and liz we're gonna be talking about uh cyberpunk 2077 was it actually the worst release ever so uh let's just get into that discussion here what, okay. what do you say let's go into it with our final segment Every single week here on the Games Groceries podcast, we like to have a little discussion about the games industry, whether with a guest or just us, about female gamers or even game preservation. We just like to have a sit-down conversation about uh, the video game industry. So uh, mm. thanks for watching along this far. So again, yeah. no guests this week. Uh, it's just me and Liz. And that's nice. It is nice. Takes us back to the old days. Yeah. When so nobody cared about us. Much better set. Much better set. Yes. yes. I will agree. So... 
This week, we're actually talking about was Cyberpunk 2077 the worst game release of all time in gaming history? Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people are angry about this. A lot of yeah. people are just frustrated mm-hmm. uh, uh, more than more than ever before. But we're yeah. going to talk about that in just a little bit. So I guess my first question is, why would a conversation come up about this particular game? Why does the conversation mm-hmm. come up about Cyberpunk? So what do you think? I honestly think it has a lot to do with this past year. Yeah, 2020. It just came out at the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. We all had, everyone had a horrible year. Yes. It wasn't great. Everything, the world was on fire in 2020. Yeah. And and putting out a game that everyone's anticipated, everyone's pumped for, everyone's excited for, we've been waiting, you've been pushing it off, we've been angry, we've been happy. Mm -hmm. And you put out something that's freezing, breaking people's, you know, systems and it's like that cherry on top. Like, even though it's not that bad of a thing, mm-hmm. it's just that that last that you just broke that last nerve we had. Yeah, like you. Just, it was like our final straw of 2020. Yeah, because it came out December 10th, so yeah. it was just right at the cusp of mm-hmm. us trying to get out 2020 and just mm-hmm. that little cherry on exactly. top. Exactly. Yeah. I also think it's because it came from almost an untouchable studio, mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red. Yeah. And there's been reports coming out, uh, not coming out, but they've already come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, who do you think wrote these articles? Our, our good friend, Jason Schreier, mm-hmm. who I really wish would come on this podcast sometime. So, Jason. Maybe one day. If you're listening, come on on. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Um, <clears throat> I would love that conversation, honestly. But, yeah, so Jason Schreier has come out and put in an article saying what the, you know, what the actual... Uh, conditions were mm-hmm. in CD Projekt Red. And a lot of the times, uh, you know, the developers would go up to management and say, hey, this game isn't ready. I don't think we're going to be ready in time. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. And the management just kept saying, talking about CD Projekt Magic. Mm-hmm. And they kept pointing to, well, we made The Witcher 3 work. So this will work. Yeah. So even fans thought of CG, CG, <laughs> Uh, CD Projekt Red as an untouchable studio. And yeah. Even the studio heads themselves thought of themselves as untouchable. Like they almost got big heads about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's funny because I'm actually reading a book right now by Ryan uh, Ryan Holiday. It's called uh, Ego is the Enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a very, uh, very interesting book where uh, Ryan talks about a lot of ego, pride, mm-hmm. and not being too much in your head. I just read a chapter where he talked about Benjamin Franklin uh, uh, talking with, oh, I can't remember his name, um, Mather. I can't remember, but Mr. Mather. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but Mr. Mather, and he's, uh, you know, putting on the show and just saying how much he's accomplished. And Mather goes, stoop, stoop, like saying, hey, man, bend over. Like, not bend over, but like, hey, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, Adam. Jeez, dude. <laughs> and what Benjamin Franklin did, he actually clocked his head on a low-hanging beam. Oh, no. And Mather goes to him and said, this is what happens when you hold your head too high. Mm. And uh, I said that in the most uh, pretentious way. Oh, this is what happens. Uh, But I thought it was a very interesting uh, metaphor. Yeah. You know, uh, in the same chapter, he talks about how Genghis Khan once uh, told his sons that uh, even at the highest mountain, there's animals that go on top of the mountain and become higher than the mountain. Mm. Uh, what what I'm trying to say with all this is that uh, CD Projekt Red 
became too egotistical and mm-hmm. too big headed with its success, saying that yeah. we made it, we made it, we we ha- we uh, love everybody here. Mm-hmm. Come on, it, it's CD Projekt Magic, yeah. and they got too big of a head. And this is exactly what happens when your ego goes too high. Yeah, saying that you made it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I think that's why this conversation comes up about this game in particular. Yeah. Because like what you said, it came out like the worst year possible. Mm-hmm. The worst. If Ab- this if it came out in this condition last year, mm-hmm. like last December, sure. month, I think it would have been, you know, it would have stunk. People yeah. would have complained, but it wouldn't have been such big news every week. Exactly. Yeah. No. Um, and like, like you said, if it came out, if it came out 2018, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think uh, well, 2018 will be a worse year for it because you got games like Red Dead Redemption, God of War. Uh, but that's not, yeah. But that's what I mean. It yeah. would have been just like, oh well, that game sucks. Put it to the side. Yeah. But this was supposed to be this year's Red Dead Redemption two. Yeah. This was supposed to be this year's God mm-hmm. of War. This year's Spider Man. Yeah. This year's big game that mm-hmm. stumps all other games. And it's horrible. T- yeah nothing yeah and not and that's that's my point is that even if you did enjoy the game you can't you can't say that this was the ultimate rpg mm-hmm. this, you can't say this was the ultimate game of this year yeah because that goes to tony hawk's pro Skater one that's and two remaster which came out perfect by the way day of okay it did okay but now I do want to go on to my second question here mm-hmm. when, when I talk about this game in particular when I talk about how this game really disappointed fans what makes this any different and I kind of went on to this a little mm-hmm. bit what makes this any different from No Man's Sky from Fallout 76 from Mass Effect Andromeda from uh, Watch Dogs from uh, Avengers <laughs> I wrote down here Avengers mm-hmm. Anthem well, you know what makes it so different See that that one's a little more complicated for me because yeah. I not as aware of the other mm-hmm. games and their problems, but I know for Cyberpunk, they hyped it up so much. They made it mm-hmm. seem like it was a perfect and it sounded amazing. Like yeah. I considered playing this game when I saw the trailer for sure. At um It was twenty eighteen. Yeah, in twenty eighteen. You know what else? I don't think you came up uh I don't think you actually uh saw this. That demo you saw mm-hmm. fake. Lovely. It was fake. And it actually took up developer time. And the developer said, because we were taking so much time to make a fake demo, we could have been spending that time to make the game better. Okay. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, they hyped this game up. They made it seem like it was going to be so cool. And it seemed so cool and awesome. And they hyped it up. And then they made us wait because they had to keep pushing it back and pushing yeah. it back. And they were always in the news about pushing it back. Mm-hmm. And so we've all waited and waited and they keep telling us like how cool it's going to be. Oh, we're taking all this time because it's going to be so awesome. Yeah. And then it comes out. And while it works fine on PCs, mm-hmm. a lot of people are still playing it on their systems and their systems can't handle it. Exactly. And that I think is what makes it different from all these other games is that, yeah, those other games were hyped and came out buggy messes. Mm-hmm. But they weren't built to overpower their machine. Anthem was, though. And also Avengers. It actually busted uh, PS4s a lot. Uh, I still remember uh, when I talked about Anthem before where there was an internal rumor before Anthem came out that Mm -hmm. it was actually breaking PS4s. Mm. And they should wait for PS5. And what what happened when Anthem came out? It busted PS4s. Uh, and that's the thing. Now, I, I haven't heard any reports 
that uh, that Cyberpunk is actually bricking Mm-mm. systems. It's just crashing systems. Yeah, is it's all. like the game just shuts down. It just shuts down on them, and that's it. And that that's the thing. I think what makes this different, I, I think what makes this game in particular different is what I was talking about before. It wasn't supposed to be just this game's game of the year, mm-hmm. but they were hyping up to a point where this was going to be changing the way RPGs exactly. were made. Yeah. And I think it goes back into... Where I was saying my first point with uh, CD Projekt Red making The Witcher 3, mm-hmm. right? A CD Projekt Red making The Witcher 3, I think there was just so hype and so egotistical, is because after Witcher 3 came out in 2015, a lot of RPGs started to copy The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. It started to find the way RPGs were stern- soon to be made, much like when Skyrim came out. Skyrim came out 2011, and a lot of uh, companies started to say, like, oh, we should make RPGs like that. Mm-hmm. Same thing for 2015 with The Witcher 3. They started to say that this is the way we define RPGs. Yeah. Now, going into that, I think they kind of had that in our head saying, oh, we actually are the the uh, path givers or mm-hmm. our trailblazers, I should yes. say. The trailblazers for uh, what RPGs should be. Mm-hmm. And so they started to think about that. And even the fans themselves, they said, well, this is the follow-up to The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. They're going to be defining how RPGs are made. You know, by, uh, you, you know, you know, um, adjusting your genitals in the game, which actually is something you you could do, which is why. Why did you take time to do that? It's so dumb. Who knows? It, it's just so unnecessary. <laughs> it's so dumb. But that's the thing is that I think the difference between all these other games and Cyberpunk, it mm-hmm. was supposed to be the generation definer. Yeah. It was supposed to be the last of us. It was supposed to be, you know, some uh, it was supposed to be the Halo Right. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the generational definition of what this exactly. can do yeah. for RPGs. Now, in terms of what is the actual difference? I don't think there is. I think there's actually yeah, I, I think the difference is the year it came out. Yeah. I think there's actually one singular similarity between all these games and uh Cyberpunk mm-hmm. is that uh Cyberpunk had poor management. It had poor management involved, and that was the exact uh, reading the story that uh, Jason Schreier, uh, I almost said Jason Statham. <laughs> uh, That's random. Yeah, I know Jason Statham, the action star. But I think the difference between that and you know uh, Cyberpunk, you know CD Projekt Red, and as well as Bioware with Anthem, mm-hmm. there was a similarity. They hyped up the game for so long, but production didn't go in until two years. You yeah. know. Before release, same thing happened with Cyberpunk. Yeah. In Jason Schreier's article, Jason Schreier's article, uh, <laughs> they actually hyped it up in 2012, mm-hmm. 2011, 2012. I think it was 2012, if I'm correct. Uh, but they hyped it up in 2012, and they actually did not go into full production till 2016. And by full production, meaning concept art and all yeah. that and assets. But it didn't go into full-on production till 2018, meaning a game this ambitious and this hyped up yeah. only went to development two years ago. Like, think yeah. about that. Two well, years no ago. wonder why they had to push it back so much. Yeah, exactly, because they couldn't do they it. they weren't prepared. They were not prepared. It was all mismanagement. Mm-hmm. It was all poor timing. And even um, uh, the, the, the part of... Co uh, co uh, co founder, thank you, mm. thank you, Brain. The co founder of CD Projekt Red came out, uh, Marcin Markin. I think it was Markin. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. <laughs> oh well, 
But uh, Marcin, Marcy, I don't know. I don't know. But that guy, he came out yeah. as an apology saying like, hey, sorry, this is my bad. This is the board of directors bad. Mm-hmm. saw we mm-hmm. like we made the call and it's like yeah, yeah you made the call like yeah like, yeah it's, it's your fault this is your company and it had everything to do with the poor management poor mm-hmm. time management yeah involved and that's what the similarities are is poor time management same thing happened with anthem same yeah. thing happened with andromeda same thing yeah. happened probably with avengers i don't think that actually came out but uh, it, the difference, though, with Fallout seventy six, though, and I and I want to you know point this out, the uh, the difference between uh, Fallout seventy six was that uh, Bethesda, Bethesda Game Studios in mm-hmm. Maryland, trusted <laughs> the newly bought Bethesda Austin, which yeah. made a uh, which made another multiplayer game that failed, Battlecry. Yeah. And when Battlecry Studios fell, you know Bethesda bought them up and said, hey. Make us a multiplayer game. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? They were the lead developers. That was a different. Yeah. That was also poor management, but <laughs> in a whole other level. In a whole other level. Uh, my point is, is that saying is that the management involved was poor. Even mm. talking about you know the worst games of all time to be you know put under the under the rug. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about the game ET, uh, I believe. Uh, Howard Scott Warshaw made E.T. Oh, I want to say three weeks. Wow. It was a it was a really, 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 really short time. Yeah. Uh, the hype for the movie came out uh, and, you know, this was right before mm-hmm. the video game crash. And it was not E.T.'s fault, by the way. Learning game history, by the way. Uh, it was not E.T.'s faults. In fact, Howard Scott Warshaw is always so proud of E.T. Mm-hmm. He's so proud of it. And it, because he said it's the greatest game to ever release that was made in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it three weeks or three months? It was a very, three very short sounds time. more. I want to say it was three months. Uh, I wish I had my book in front of me. Uh, the book written by uh, what, what was his name? Oh, yeah. Patrick Hickey Jr. The mind yeah. behind the game developers. By the book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Also, Howard Scott Warshaw wrote a book about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. So uh, very interesting reads, by the way. Do your reading. Do your reading. Stay Stop in school. <laughs> Stay in school. Except college. Uh, read video game books. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the thing is that you know, it's all poor time management. Mm-hmm. Now, my point before we go into social media answers. Yeah, we got time for this. Do we? Yeah. 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 Uh, this had all to do with poor management mm-hmm. and they're always getting called out for it yeah now I, my question with all of this is that with jason schreier doing his work and calling out bioware calling out uh cd project red calling out so many studios with poor management uh howard scott warshaw calling out the the games industry yeah. and saying like hey listen <laughs> this is poor management mm-hmm. do we think this is going to change ever out of all of this that's such a tough question because mm-hmm. we were talking last week with Travis how like you really can't predict the future of games. Yeah. You can't predict the future of anything just because technology is always changing and everything. But even just taking that on a human level, you you never know what we're going to do next. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you, you really never know until you get there mm-hmm. because... I mean, I think it's possible yeah. because our generation is very serious about work life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think 
at one point in the future, we might get to a point where they'll be managed better yeah. and have a better work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's possible. I think what needs to happen though is that um, consumer of it, like video game consumers, yes, need to grow patience at the same time mm-hmm. because if they're going to be if if developers are going to be managed better, yes. that means games might come out slower, which means gamers might need to grow a little bit more patience for games to come out because that's part of the problem is that the owners of these companies know that. People yeah. want the games and they want them now. Yeah. And so they rush the developers. And when the game is rushed to be made, there's going to be a lot of mistakes made. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things rushed and looked over. And mm-hmm. that's why we get these games and then we all get angry. Yeah. So I think um, a couple things need to happen. But I think it's it's possible, not in the immediate or near future, but sometime in the future. It's, I think it's possible. I think so. I, I, I think uh, now with all of these veteran uh, of the ga- veterans of the games industry mm-hmm. leaving companies to start their own indie game studios. We mm-hmm. talked about that on another episode. Uh, does game industry need a reset? You should check that episode mm-hmm. out. Uh, there's a lot of game developers going to indie because they can't stand yeah. poor management. Yeah. In fact, most recently, we've learned that Mark Dara and Casey Hudson left Bioware. Yeah. Uh, and that that was they they didn't start their own game industry uh, studio yet that we know <laughs> of, but you know even Ken Levine yeah. left um, and he started his own yeah. uh, studio. Uh, so we're we're still looking for that one. Yeah, but yeah, I I think it will only change when game developers leave their companies and start their own studios and make their yeah. own management decisions. I I think it had a lot to do with Howard Scott Warshaw, where he you know crashed the game industry, and he's so proud of that because he had to you know, show people that like, listen, chugging out games, boom, boom, boom. Like that's not the way the game industry should be Mm -hmm. doing things. And uh, and when we were talking about was Cyberpunk 2077 the worst game to ever release? I don't think it was. I don't think so. I don't think so it was because it was just another piece of the puzzle that we have to look at in uh, poor management. Yeah. And no one's escaping from it. I think I, we were all just very worked up from 2020, mm-hmm. and that was just the last thing anyone needed. So I actually want to go into our uh, middling section here. Middling? Middling. <laughs> I, it's, it's a little section we call Social Media Answers. Did you really expect me to say that with you? No. Oh, good. You looked at me like you wanted me to say it with you. I'm like, <sighs> that's not happening. Mail time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're singing a song in your heart, aren't you? Well. Jeez. Uh, so I ask you on social media, at Twitter, at Gaming Groceries, at Instagram, or yes. or on Facebook, or even on Discord. And we'll get into mm-hmm. that a bit. And we'd like to ask you a certain question about the topic, and we want to get you involved in the discussion. So on social media, I said, do you think Cyberpunk 2077 was the worst release in games history? I want to hear from you guys. So uh, we have here from GameSimp. Uh, at GameZipYT. Uh, thanks for listening on. You know, super cool dude. Mm-hmm. So I want to read from him. And he says, in terms of expectations versus what was delivered, absolutely. We'll get into that in a little bit. At least in modern gaming history. Mm. That's a good point. Even games that launched in a similar state, Andromeda, 76, Anthem, didn't have the expectation of quality that mm-hmm. Cyberpunk did. 
Uh, I have to agree with Gaming Simp there. Yeah, definitely. And I talked about that before where yeah. it was talking about uh, the expectation that this was going to change the way yeah. games were made. Yeah. And it just completely backfired and it just became an okay game. Yeah, exactly. That's all it was. It was exactly. just your average. Uh, I liked Maddie's review of it, that he enjoyed his time with it, but he ended up just saying like, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just your normal yeah. game. Yeah. But uh, expectation versus reality. Absolutely. What, what do you think about gaming sim? No, or I am. Um, simp, I should say. Yeah. I um, I completely agree with, um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Is yeah. that, uh, I think the difference there was, you know, 76, we were kind of hyped for it in a way of like, oh, wow, an online fallout. And cool. not only that, but with 76, there were stories of it being buggy before it came out. Yes. Like, so we all kind of had that, like, prior knowledge to calm down mm-hmm. and not put so much on the, that game. So yes. we all kind of knew to, like, not expect too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cyberpunk, we didn't know anything beforehand. Yeah. There was no forewarning that it might come out a little buggy, a little crazy. And mm-hmm. 76 also did not, like, shock your system. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> That's the thing is that uh, the game might have broken, but I, I think it was just like he said, I think the expectation was yeah. it was supposed to be a game changer. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the other games that we talked about, you know, Anthem, Avengers, mm-hmm. we were we were more the expecting of the potential of those games. Yeah, we were exactly expect- like, oh, wow. Andromeda, you know, another Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, wow. Fallout 76 and online Fallout. Cool. But Cyberpunk 2077 was going to be like, oh, wow, a new change in RPG genres. So I agree with you, GameSim. Good good comments. Uh, then we have the answers on Discord. Uh, link to the Discord uh, is below. Join up. Uh, we have great conversations over there. Uh, we got Absolute Prodigy. We got Commander Nikki. We got Andrew Orsi. We got all the good people over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Twofer there. So it's a, it's a great time. Also, you know, quantum ginger. We also ginger. get some news before everyone else. So yeah, true, 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 true. Um, so I ask you guys on Discord. You know, do you think Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was the worst release in game history? So we have three answers there. Oh, by the way, y'all had a conversation, so I'm not reading your conversation. <laughs> I'm just reading. That would the, take a while. Yeah, so I'm just reading the first comments that I see from the from what you guys originally said. Yeah. So Absolute Prodigy says, nah. Which I agree with. Uh, nah, there is always bit there will always be a generational game that releases badly, and every talk everyone talks about it, and then you know yeah. moves on. Uh, he gives Red Dead Redemption Two was had a bad initial release, which I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Syndicate, Watch Dogs Two. Um, I loved Watch Dogs Two, but yeah, it was a buggy mm-hmm. mess when it first came out. Fallout seventy six. The only thing here which is more insightful is that the fact that the game's uh, developers and the managers had a disconnect for the game timing release. Mm-hmm. So, again, poor management. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I do agree with that, that there's always that generational game that comes out in a buggy mess. Mm-hmm. And then we just bah, 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 we cry about it and then we move on. Yeah. I always agree with that. What do, what do you think? No, I completely agree with that like generational one and that it was just poor management. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So 
Uh, I do remember Red Dead Redemption 2 especially had a buggy, buggy I release. I don't remember that, but I didn't pay that much attention. Yeah, it was still enjoyable. It's still playable, yeah. it, but mm, there was definitely some bugs in there. Yeah. Um, now going on to Acumener Nikki. Well, at least it didn't have to be better buried in a desert going off <laughs> yes. of E.T. But again, uh, definitely pick up Howard Scott Warshaw's new book. Um, uh, he talks about uh, his time in the game industry yeah. and how he destroyed it, but in a good way. But she says, but yeah, it was definitely pretty bad. Too much hype, too much crunch, all kind of issues with the game's content, bugs, not playable on old gen, but definitely not the worst ever. Yeah. And I agree with that, too. You know, mm-hmm. like it, you know, it had a lot of issues going into it. And again, she goes into mm-hmm. a lot of hype mm-hmm. and a lot of crunch. They put way too much hype into something that they did not have time to produce. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't playable on old generation uh, consoles. Yeah. It was playable on PC. Yeah. And he did say that he wanted to be magnificent on PC. But then, well, you know, consoles it's only man- magnificent on PC. Exactly. But definitely not the worst uh, ever. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have from One Up Tempo, Andrew Orsi, mm-hmm. who says, I mean, no, he didn't say <laughs> that. He said, I mean, I stopped paying much attention to the news about it after I heard enough about everyone screaming mm-hmm. and I knew I wasn't buying it or at least just yet. Worst ever? Bold phrase. Uh, don't know if I totally go that far. Absolute trash mess garbage fire release. I mean, <laughs> they gave out refunds on digital copies if that doesn't speak for itself. So, yeah, uh, I like what he says here. Right. Mm-hmm. When I heard everybody screaming about it, I knew I wasn't buying it. Yeah. At least not yet. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, this takes me back to when the, the first division. When the yeah. division first came out, I bought it very, very post release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I bought it a year after release, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I had a great time with the game. Yeah, it was my absolute favorite game. Uh, and I played with my boy Frank. It was mm-hmm. it was a good time, but I played it way post release. Yeah, and that's the thing about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, there's some good concept there, mm-hmm. and everybody's screaming like, "Oh, this is a really buggy release! I freaking hate this!" Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. But anybody that buys this a year from now, yeah, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this is the greatest game ever! Yeah. Love it!" Exactly. No Man's Sky, especially mm-hmm. worst release ever. Bah, 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 yeah. bah. A couple of years later, oh, I'm having a great time with it. That's the perk of gaming in the modern day. Yes, is that a game can release not amazing, mm-hmm. and it can take the next year or two and make it amazing. They can fix it. If in a few years something pops up and there's a bug, they're like, all right, let us fix that. Update. Bam. Done. Yeah. You know, like that's a very big perk of gaming in the modern day. When we were younger, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. It couldn't happen. Exactly. Like you got it as is. That was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think it was actually the worst release ever when we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was absolutely the most devastating thing we've ever suffered through. No. If we're talking about modern gaming, uh, I do agree with GameSimp that I think the expectation versus what we got was mm-hmm. the worst. Oh, yeah. But I think, in my strong opinion here, yeah, when we're talking about this current generation, I think the worst release probably was Anthem, to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. Because Anthem had no content it was completely abandoned yeah. it actually crushed ps4s yeah there was 
nothing in the trailers that was actually truthful. Yeah. And and like they actually made a trailer for Anthem mm-hmm. two years before the game was releasing, and the developers saw that and they're like, "Oh, that's what we're making." Yeah. So at yeah, least developers that. knew Cyberpunk. They knew yeah. the concept there. Anthem's developers had no idea. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking about the worst game to release in this current generation, I, I'm going Anthem. To be quite yeah. honest with you, if we're comparing it mm-hmm. now, I do again going back to Game Simp. I do agree that in terms of expectation, hype, yeah. um, things that we were expecting this to do for yeah, in gaming. In comparison to what we got. I think in that sort of light, mm-hmm. I think, yeah it, yeah, it probably was. But my final point, as we're going into closing thoughts here, mm-hmm. and as uh, I say, we're doing closing thoughts because I'm super hungry. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get Chinese food after this. Yeah. So, uh my final point is saying this, asking the question, when we always say that we feel lied to, where we got this game and uh, oh, we were lied to, it was all just a sham, oh, this was the worst release mm-hmm. ever, and everybody gets so worked up, and like Andrew Orsi said, people start screaming about it, go, ah, worst release mm-hmm. ever, I'm pooping my pants as what? I'm screaming, what? Uh, You're wrong. My my question is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we be taking game releases so personally? Mm. Should we actually poop our pantses oh. for game releases? Yeah. You're right. No, we should not There's poop so our pantses. Uh, what do you think? Why Why do people take it so personally? And should we be taking it so personally? I think it's so hard to, to think about because you also have to think like on the other end, mm-hmm. people outside the gaming community, they take it personally when a celebrity does something wrong. Yes. Like... Like, they're supposed to be better than a regular human. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how gamers look at gaming companies. It's like, we're fans, and you should be treating us with respect. Yes. And so when a game comes out all buggy and crazy, they feel disrespected in some way. Like, yeah. I'm buy- I'm giving you money, mm-hmm. and you're not giving me what I'm paying for. Fair. And I think that's the way, that's why gamers can get very bent out of shape. Yes. Over a game releasing buggy and crazy and things like that. Yeah. So. And I do agree to your point where it's the money that you raised up. It's the money Mm -hmm. that you worked hard for. Yeah. And it's the money that you put down for the expectation that you're getting, you know. This awesome game. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of people might say like, well, you know, what are you expecting? You know, we're expecting a value of $60. Yeah. That's exactly. what we're expecting. And when people will start to say, people like myself, who say that just wait till it's on sale. You know what? Here's my thing on that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Why should we be waiting for a game to have the $60 value? Mm-hmm. You know? Why Why can't games just come out at least at the $60 value? Yeah. They might not come out on the value of a season pass, like the gold edition for $120. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we're putting down our money for the expectation that it's worth soon to be the $70. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's why people take it so personally. Mm -hmm. Because it's the money they worked hard for. Yeah. Or the monies that their parents worked hard for. Depending on your age, yes. Depending on your age. Uh, And it's money that you personally put on as an investment. It's money that you could have spent elsewhere, but you chose to spend it on this promise from a company exactly 
and because they promised you that this is where your $60 should go. Exactly. And it doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like that investment that you put in to, I don't know, Pepsi. And Pepsi just starts to die because Coca-Cola is better. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I think it's that kind of personal. Now, in terms of should we be taking it personally? No. No. Absolutely not. It's just a it's just a game that you chose to buy. Yeah. And at this point, we should all have the expectation that a game is going to come out buggy. Mm-hmm. That we should wait for a release, or at least watch your favorite reviewer. Yeah. Watch your favorite reviewer and saying that like, should you buy this game? Mm-hmm. I know ones you know you can think of is of course ACG. You know, uh, Mr. Maddie plays. You know, a lot of you came over from Mr. Maddie plays. He was on the mm-hmm. podcast before, so thanks again for coming on. Um, those are two of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. I do enjoy some IGN. They give me like a rough idea, like, ah, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I go to there first and then I go to ACG and then I go to yeah. Mr. Mad Place. Um, and yeah, just trust your favorite reviewer there. Mm-hmm. You know, favorite reviewer or viewers, yeah. uh, see if you're going to play the game and then go from there. Yeah. You know, because it's their job to buy these games. Exactly. It's their job. It's, you know, it's a tax write-off. It is not your tax write-off. So I think my closing thought here is that, no, don't take this so personally. Don't say to yourself that, like, you were lied to, you were robbed, blah, 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 blah. It sucks, mm-hmm. but don't take it so personally. Yeah. Um, and, and I, yeah. sorry, you can finish your closing thought. I was just going to say that Cyberpunk was a very poor release, but I think it came as a lesson mm-hmm. to CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Like I said, Ego is the enemy. It came to them in this sort of fashion that Ego was the enemy to yeah. CD Projekt Red. And I think they humbled themselves over this with yeah. all 13 million copies that they sold. Yes. <laughs> Your closing um, thoughts. I was just going to say that also with not taking a game so personally. Yes. Is that, again, like I mentioned earlier, we're gaming in the modern day. Yes. They're not going to charge you for an update. Mm-hmm. They're going to update it and it'll be fixed eventually. Yes. And your $60 will be worth it at one point. Eventually. Yes. Mm -hmm. You might not get the perfect game right away. Mm -hmm. But again, like I said, they're not going to charge you to fix it. Yeah. They're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. If they're smart. If they're smart. (laughs) If they're smart, they'll fix it. I'm sorry if they don't and I just lied. But in general, most of the companies will fix the problems with the game and it'll eventually make that $60 worth it at one point. So. So. I think those are our thoughts about Cyberpunk. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Uh, write your thoughts in the comments down below about Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other thoughts would you have if you were on this podcast, you know, just talking about Cyberpunk being the worst game release ever? you probably go, bah, 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 I hated it. And, and I pooped my pants when it came stop out. Stop it. <laughs> uh, did you poop your pants stop. on the release? Let's stop. Uh, write your thoughts in the comments. Cut you out of this. So. Uh, I think we can end it here. I think so. So uh, before we, let's roll out the red carpet for our guests. Uh, What do you think? Pineapple? No? Nothing to plug? Well, we have things to plug. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to roll out the red carpet to us. Woohoo! That never happens. I know. Great. It's our podcast, but you know, whatever. So uh, as we end this podcast, we just want to remind all of you that we're on the social medias at Twitter, Gaming Groceries, you know, Instagram, Games Groceries. The things. Uh, Discord. Join the Discord. Yeah. Get in there. Join us with uh, with some great conversations about skateboarding and uh, Absolute Prodigy. He shows his uh, his bake-offs. 
Yes. You know, he shows how he's baking his cookies. Yeah. It's very nice. And it's very wholesome. shared a picture of Floki. You shared a picture of Floki. It's a very good time. Yes. It's a very it's nice wonderful. time. wonderful. And memes. And memes. I don't make them because I don't understand how to make them, but. There's a whole memes page. There's a whole memes page and it's quite entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and also check out, you know, What's the Biz? It's our other mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, it's a great podcast. Just me and Liz, where we just talk about really just anything. So if you enjoyed uh, co- no, this kind of conversation, check out What's the Biz? Yeah. And we also started our second channel, Evolt, with mm-hmm. our first video, Your Game is Not an RPG. Let me explain. Uh, and it's a, it's a good first entry. Yeah. But let me tell you something. We filmed the second episode and we're very, very so excited. Pumped. We're very excited for this one. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. And it's about stealth games. Yeah. I'm very excited for this the, video to come the out. The video itself is not ridiculous. No, I'm just saying. That like, the, but it'll it's fun. It'll it's be fun. fun. Don't it's, worry. It's great. Uh, we're very excited to release that. That's going to come out in the next few weeks probably. Yeah. Uh, but... The plan for Evolt is just to film it and we'll release it when we feel like the video is finished mm-hmm. and we will start with the video after that. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So definitely subscribe to Evolt for more updates on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's get out of here. Let's eat some Chinese food. Let's go get dinner. So we thank you for watching this week's uh, Games of Groceries podcast. Uh, we, we just had a good time with you today. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks for coming on. You were so fabulous. Uh, thanks for for listening us ramble. Yeah. Uh, and we just uh, we're very thankful for you. And if you haven't yet, if you uh, if you are watching this and you haven't uh, clicked subscribe yet, well, go ahead and do that right now. Whether you're listening on iTunes or uh, watching us on YouTube, click that subscribe button so you know when all these podcasts come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with all that said and done. Join us for the next one. We'll have a guest for that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, wear your mask. We'll see you in a- next week. Bye.